Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called... I'm back because <laughs> I've been gone. I've been moving. And man, let me tell you, that is a gosh darn big job to move across the country. And, it, you know, from boxing things up and yard sales and giving things to charity and escrow and closing and driving across this humongous country, <laughs> unpacking. I'm still not unpacked. And, uh, but I thought I'd go ahead and get a podcast out. Cause I know I've been, I've been gone for a few months, but you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to make it through. And one of the good things about me taking a break from the podcasting is that I sort of have a wealth of material. I've got a lot of good stories. <laughs> They've been piling up over the last few months. I've got some stories. One of them is the most creative use for airplane metal bread basket tongs that I have ever heard of. Some strangely configured feet. We've got some naked flight attendants. We've got a lot of airplane bathroom issue stories. (laughs) Got some stories from Thailand. There's another reason why I've been gone. I took a trip in November, so got a couple... uh, travel stories and uh feels good to be back you know let's get back to the podcast let's get back to the airline stories and uh hopefully i won't have another big interruption like that but then again you never know from missouri and she's feeling kind of bruised she says hey 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 to the vendor at parking 81st a good day good day to the mailman as she passes and she's this is a really good story um, another 737 story. This passenger goes in the lab in the back, and I guess he'd had a little too much to drink. And a couple of us are standing back there, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, he just goes flying backwards out of the lab and hits the floor. And he's laying on the floor in our galley back there. And as soon as we realized that he was okay, you know, he was breathing and everything, his thing was hanging out of his pants. <laughs> And we looked at each other, we're like, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that. And I went and got a pair of tongs, and I grabbed it and shoved it in his pants and zipped him up. What did happen to you? He was drunk. Oh, he's just out. He was, yeah, and he passed out. And he fell out of the lab. You actually used tongs on his private part? Yeah, I sure did. I wasn't going to... Metal tongs? Well, I didn't want to look at it, and I didn't want to touch it either, so... Now, I, I notice that I don't think you're the height requirement it takes to get hired at the airline. So, um, how in the world did you get hired? Well, at my interview, they, they tested me for my height and my weight, and I was short. And my, and my little, my little um, interviewer said, you know, you're a little, you're about an inch short for the job. You, you won't be able to do that. I said, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me try again and go ahead. Go ahead. We'll we'll try again and we will go ahead and I'll measure you again. Measure me again. So I take off my shoes and I stand there on my tiptoes. Standing on my tiptoes. So I'm standing on my tiptoes and she says, "Well, you're standing on your toes." I said, "Well, yes, I am, but I'm just like Barbie. My toes are 
are like this permanently. So it gives me a little height. And that's and she started laughing and she started laughing and she says, What? And I said, My feet are just like Barbie's. And my interviewer started laughing and that's how I got my job. So I've told stories before about the L-1011 and the L-1011 has a lot of good stories because of the, its strange configuration. You know, it had all the meals and beverage carts downstairs in the galley, which everything had to go up and down through the two elevators at the two doors. The door you came in is basically where downstairs where the galley was and um, the galley girl position you sat at four right, which doesn't make a lot of sense because you're nowhere near the galley, but you'd have to come up and then go down to the galley. It it could be popular and then extremely unpopular at the same time because basically you didn't have to deal with the people, but you know, it could get hot and dirty down there and sometimes it'd be stressful because people would be sending carts down at the last minute and you'd have to get them secured and get back up and get back to your jump seat. And like I said, it could get hot, but some people liked it because it's kind of private down there, you know, like I said, you don't have to deal with the passengers. Nobody complained to you. It's sort of your own domain. You could get comfortable. Some people would put their sweatpants on, some with the hangers down there and you could always hear if anybody was coming down so you could, and you could actually block if you open the doors downstairs to the elevator nobody could even um send anything down so yeah you could get comfortable down there and some people would like take off their uniform skirt and just put on an apron and um everybody had their own little way of getting comfortable you know to work down there and then look presentable when they came back up so like i said it could get stressful though because we had short flights with meal services like dallas atlanta be like an hour and 30 minutes and you'd have to get cook all the meals, get them up there. You know, they'd have to serve them. They'd be sending them back down and then you'd have to get them all secured and get back to your jump seat for landing. So this flight attendant was just telling me she was a galley girl and she, you know, it was doing a good job. And it's funny too, because when you did a good job, everybody was always like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because so many people didn't want to work down there. You know, you got over appreciated. So she was doing a good job and she was getting proud of herself. And then we would make a PA. uh, I mean, uh, we'd call down and say, you know, okay, another cart coming down. Here comes another cart down and dirty. We used to call it another one down and dirty. So, um, she thought she had all the carts down there. And then she hears the the flight attendant saying, sorry, we got one more cart coming. This is going to be a minute, one more cart. And she can tell because there's a window down there. She's getting close and she's thinking, come on, send the other cart, send the other cart. So they send the other cart. She hurries up and gets it secured. She gets in the elevator. She gets upstairs. She can hear the gear. She's thinking, oh, I got to get all the way back to my jump seat at four right. So she's, she's, um, running back to her jump seat, gets all the way there, sits down, she's buckling in her jump seat, and then she realizes she only has her apron on. Her uniform skirt is still on the hanger in the galley, and she had just ran (laughs) from the two doors to the four doors on a full airplane with no skirt on. (laughs) I love love the L-1011 stories. She stays out all night dancing and she likes to play. Yes, I had a passenger of uh, Indian descent who uh, was in the bathroom. After he opened the door, we noticed that his face was blue. We couldn't understand why. But it didn't take very long to realize what had happened. We walked in the bathroom and we realized that he urinated in the sink. And then he, after he was done, he washed his face with the blue water in the toilet bowl. 
to her husband as he rolls his eyes, getting up for work. Okay, it was 737-800. We're on the 737-800. And you know in the bathrooms, they don't have handles to flash. They have the button. Well, I had a passenger that was going into the bathroom. And she says, to, she, she, look, she came back and she says, oh, uh, someone didn't flash the toilet. And I said, oh, she goes, how do you flush the toilet? I says, you have to speak to it. <laughs> and I said to her, I says, you got to get down close to it. And so what I did is I said, let me, I said, let me show you how. So I got on there and I said, and I, you know, I went down behind and I had my butt in my wallet. And I got down and I says, flush. And it flushed. I pushed the button and it flushed. All of a sudden. And so it's just, she goes and she goes, um, so she goes and she proceeds to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> she's all finished. And I stood back behind behind and and she goes and I can hear her in the background flush <laughs> no flush she goes again flush no flush she attempted the third time flush <laughs> she just sits there she opens up the door she goes she waves you in she waves me in she goes come here and so I knew. I just sat there waiting for her. And I go, she goes, it's not working for me. This, I guess, I don't know, if I might, am I not doing it right? I said, did you, you go flush? You yell at it and say flush. And she goes, yeah. I said, try it. So she bends down and she goes, flush. Then flush. I said, oh my gosh. Here, let me get in there and I'll do it for you. So I went in there again and I go, and I go, now I said, you gotta speak loud to it and you gotta be aggressive with it because it's an aggressive voice activator. <laughs> flush! <laughs> and it flushes. And, it, and she goes, oh my gosh. So she goes and runs and tells her husband, did you know on Delta Airlines we have voice activated toilets that flush? Her husband goes back to me. So my wife tells me you have voice activated flush, to you know, toilet flushes. I said, no, it just, it's a little blue button that you just push. Because he knows that Betty City, it comes Long time ago with right. a company that's no longer in existence. Right. <laughs> um, I was in back of 727 and we used to board our our peanuts that we would hand out in boxes right. and we would slide it underneath the seats <clears throat> you know by the door in the back of the airplane and this guy very innocently asked me in the flight um, ma'am could I please have some more nuts and I said you're sitting on them. <laughs> and then he starts cracking up and then I realized what I said I was so embarrassed and I go no really you are sitting on them <laughs> About in the 80s, when we used to stay at the Jarrell in New York City, remember the Jarrell Hotel? Well, a crew decided they were going to go out and have a beer with the pilots. 
they went into this very seedy place across from the Jarrell at the time. And there were a lot of women sitting around in very flimsy outfits and such. One of the flight attendants had to go to the restroom and she was afraid to go alone. So she asked if Gary would go along. Is this a pilot? No, one of the flight attendants asked if there were male and female flight attendants as well as, as the captain and crew there from the cockpit asked if um, he would mind standing outside the stall. Well, while she was in the restroom, a man came in and picked up Gary by his collar and picked him up off the floor a couple of feet and said, what are you doing in my bar? Get your people and get the hell out. And he had a pearl-handled gun, which he cocked the gun back and put it to Gary's head. And he just, at this time, and he's like, Gary, his feet are dangling. And Gary, being like the little girl that he is, his feet are dangling. And, and he's gay, and that's fine. But, you know, we're demonstrative. And he screams <laughs> like a little girl. Of course, the flight attendant in the stall comes running out. And this guy has Gary by the collar, a few feet off the ground. Get the hell out of my bar. Well, they end up going back to the running out of there. Get got the cockpit crew, got the rest of the girls and boys, and they went back to the concierge at the Jarrell and said, what in the hell? They said, you did not go to that place. That is a huge drug place where they do deals and things and whatnot. Well, the next day, there was an emergency on the aircraft, and they were all terribly hungover. They were so upset about the gun incident that they went out again (laughs) and had way too many drinks. So the next day, the captain calls Gary, who is the senior flight attendant, as they called them at that time, up to the cockpit and says, prepare the cabin for an emergency landing. And I think what the deal was is that the landing gear would not lock and they had the fire engines come out and foam the runway or whatever. And Gary said, I just can't. I'm just too sick. I can barely hold my head up. And the captain said, go out, fix yourself a Bloody Mary, a hair of the dog that bit you and come back on up here and we'll discuss our plan for evacuation. I cannot. I cannot. And he did. He went out and he made himself a Bloody bloody Mary. And he felt better from that. And they ended up that their landing gear was fine. But they went through the whole thing. But that's so funny. Like, how do you say, we're going to have an emergency, prepare for emergency landing. I cannot. (laughs) I cannot. I have a horrible hangover. To which the captain replied, I mean, this is before there was any kind of uh, breathalyzers or drug testing or anything. He just went out and fixed himself a Bloody Mary. And years later, it turns out that his um, cousin is marrying this captain's son. So he just went to the wedding. So on a lot of flights, there's one passenger that sort of becomes the famous passenger of the flight. And on this flight, just a little while ago, it was the cat lady. Uh, It started right off the bat. She seemed odd getting on the plane. She was like late 40s, maybe early 50s, holding a, a cat in a carrier. And she takes her seat and she puts the cat on her lap in the big hard-sided approved cat carrier but of course it has to go under the seat so I tell her oh you have to put the cat under the seat and she said but it's a cat I'm thinking yeah I just said cat (laughs) like yeah I know it just still has to go under the seat she's like but it's a kitty I'm like I know um it just needs to go under the seat and she said like I'm gonna put my kitty under the seat and I said Basically, I I knew this was going to keep going, and um, I had a million other things to do during boarding. So I told her, I said, well, I can go get an agent if you want. You can discuss it with them. You know, if you won't put the cat under the seat, they'll probably take you off the flight. So she 
She did it. She put the cat under the seat. End of problem, right? No, 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 no. Not with the cat lady. The cat lady was odd. I don't know if she was on drugs or maybe she wasn't all there mentally. But she kept falling asleep and with this strange look on her face would lean out into the aisle, almost touching the person across from her on the other side of the aisle, asleep. And she looked odd. The passengers around her were worried and they they thought she was dead because it looked like an unnatural way to be leaning out of your seat asleep. Like who could sleep like that? So they say to me, um, can you, can you, can you see if she's okay? So I'm like, excuse me. Hi, are you okay? And she's like, you woke me up. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say because the passengers thought you were dead. I left it at that. Again, she falls asleep, does this weird leaning out in the aisle. They stop, the passengers stop another flight attendant and they say, can you see if she's okay? Is she okay? And this flight attendant takes her pulse. She doesn't even wake up. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I can see she's breathing. She's got a pulse. She's fine. (laughs) And then they stop another flight attendant because the woman, she really did look odd. It was an odd thing to do. It was, it was unnatural. Anyway, they stop another flight attendant. That flight attendant wakes her up. We're on a big plane. There were lots of us. And uh, she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And the lady says, uh, how come everybody keeps asking me that? <laughs> she didn't, she didn't say anything else. She goes away. And then the woman is walking around the airplane with the cat carrier, sort of like making laps. And all the other flight attendants are laughing because now she's the famous cat lady. And they're like, what is she, lost? And I'm I'm thinking, it looks like she is lost. She's like looking for her seat. So I go up to her and I said, um, are, are you okay? Can I help you with something? And uh, she's like, I can't, I can't find my seat. So I take her to her seat. Later on the flight, because it was like a four-hour flight, again, she's walking around the plane holding the cat. <laughs> and I say to her, um, are you okay? And she goes, how come everybody keeps asking me that? And I said, well, because, um, you know, normally I wouldn't say something like this to passengers, but I should obviously t- tell she was nutty. And I said, well, because the other passengers keep thinking you're dead and you keep getting lost. <laughs> That's why we keep asking you if you're okay. And she didn't get upset or anything. She didn't say have any response to that. I helped her find her seat. And then on landing, basically had barely touched down, just hit the runway. She's up out of her seat, holding that cat carrier again. So I get out of my jump seat. I go up to her and I'm like, uh, you need to take your seat, you know, until we get to the gate. And she said, but I have a kitty. Like that's a get out of jail free card. You know, that's it. You know, that's all you need on any plane. You can do anything you want as long as, but I have a kitty. And I'm thinking, I know you have a kitty. (laughs) We've discussed this ad nauseum. I didn't say that, but I'm like, you know, you need to take your seat, you know, even if you have a kitty. I really want to, okay. All right, I was flying this uh, 767 trip with a girlfriend of mine. And uh, it was so funny because she starts laughing and hitting me in the arm, like, and pointing around the bulkhead, and we were standing right over here. We look over, and the guy in 1C is just sitting there in his business suit, digging away in his nose, right? And so we both were creeped out. We both start laughing. Well... The weirdest thing in the world, the next flight, that same seat, she goes, Karen, look, 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 you won't believe this. Check it out. I look around, the same seat, different guy, sitting there digging for gold. <laughs> we were laughing so hard. It's the, the, the booger seat. The booger seat, yeah. 
So we have famous passengers, but we also have famous flight attendants or infamous flight attendants that are just odd and quirky and everybody seems to have a story about them. And it's actually very fun when everybody starts out with like, oh, I have a story about him. Oh, I have a story about him. So we were talking about one of our infamous flight attendants. Uh, He's just odd and uh, he's very smart. But he, he's very different. And uh, this male flight time was like, oh, I have a story about him. He goes, we were in briefing around Christmas time. And, you know, briefing, we talk about where we're going to, what positions we're working, stuff like that. And kind of out of context for briefing, this infamous flight attendant says, uh, oh, and by the way, you know, on the all-nighter, <clears throat> if you see me um, sitting in the jump seat with an oxygen mask on, uh, filling out my Christmas cards, um, I'll just be doing that because of all the gas that people have at night on these all-nighters. And this guy flight attendant and the other guy is thinking, oh, that's funny. That's that's a funny joke. You know, yeah. Put the oxygen mask because of all the people farting. Yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. But then, later in the flight, it's an all-night flight. He goes to the back of the plane and here is the infamous flight attendant sitting on the jump seat with the oxygen mask on, writing out his Christmas cards. <laughs> He wasn't kidding. I tell you the story real fast. I was on a Sydney flight, and there's this one flight attendant. She always wears the dress, okay? And she's young, and she's got a fairly cute figure. But what's funny is that the poor thing has no idea that while she's walking down the aisle, her dress, her dress starts coming up and higher and higher and higher up her legs, right? And it's funny to watch. So none of us. or anything we just watch her go up and down the aisle and watch the passengers look on their faces <laughs> anyway um we I were think i know who that is yeah, you probably do and we were on descent into sydney on this one particular flight and her dress had scrunched way up like clear up you know right. the top the bottom of her buns and she's this for her first trip to sydney okay so we're on descent and full airplane back of the triple seven and she bends over and I was standing on the side of her she bends over right in front of the guy that's at the aisle looking out the window and she goes oh that is such a great view (laughs) and the guy that was at the aisle looking up her dress and he goes it certainly is She gets her head on Thursdays and she dies. <laughs> okay, so what was the story? Okay, several years ago, a lady uh, came up to a friend of mine and in the galley on the DC-9 and said, she goes, I just want to tell you, I've, uh, the, this is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. You have to come and do something about this. I said, ma'am, what is it? And she said, I, I can't even say it. You just, you have to come and, and, and make this stop. So they follow her back to her seat. And the lady sitting next to her has uh, a cat in a kennel. Well, she has the cat out of the kennel. And she's cradling it in her arms. And she's breastfeeding the cat. And they tell her, they say, ma'am, I- I'm sorry, but you're... You're, you're in violation of all kinds of laws. You need to stop that. <laughs> you need to stop that. We've had several complaints from passengers. You need, you, you need to quit what you're doing. And she looks at her as she's cradling the cat, looks up and says, but, but she's hungry. 
my friend told me that story, and I thought she was kidding. And then maybe about a year later, I flew with the captain who, with the captain who was the pilot on that flight. Oh my god! And, and that's how we, you know, we weren't sure. You know, you hear these urban stories. Legend. Yeah, is it an urban legend or did it happen? And then about a year later, somebody verified that yes, indeed, that, that this pilot verified yes, indeed, it, it did happen. It was true. It happened on my flight. <laughs> Yeah, this is the grossest thing that I've ever heard. I didn't see it, but a, a girl that's a good friend of mine was on a flight where the guy pulls out his um, floss. You know, his okay, dental floss. Say worse, <laughs> <laughs> he pulls it out, and he's flossing his teeth, and he's flossing his teeth in his seat, and he goes through all his teeth, and then when he's done, he goes. November and uh, people thought I was nuts. Well, there's a, there's a surprise. People think I'm nuts because I was, you know, my first time home buyer and I was in the escrow process for the first time. And here I go out of the country. But you know, I had the time off and I don't like to miss an opportunity to travel. So I still went to Thailand and had a fabulous time. Such a nice country. The food's great. Water's beautiful. It's easy to get around. I'll probably go there many times because I haven't seen nearly enough yet. Two funny things happened in Thailand. I, uh, since it was November, and I take a funny Christmas card photo uh, for my card every year. I had brought along my Santa suit and my Santa hat. It's like ninety degrees in Thailand, and uh, or more. It was probably ninety-five. I had read that there was a zip line, an adventure course, and uh, this island that I was on, and uh, I thought, oh, that'd be kind of funny. Um, Christmas card photo. I'll have me in a Santa suit on a zip line, and the slogan, the caption will be, Santa's a real swinger. You know, I thought, great idea. I love when I have an idea just because it gets stressful every year trying to think of one. So I have my Santa suit, my Santa hat, and I go to the adventure park, and I tell the people, you know, um, I really want to get a picture of me in the Santa suit, and they're like, that's fine, go ahead, put it on. And and I had my, I, my guide uh, was taking pictures. But the problem was, it was an adventure course, not just a zip line. There was all this climbing, <laughs> it was all these like balancing wires. It wasn't just swinging. And I'm in fur, <laughs> you know, like a fur hat and a Santa suit with all the corduroy and the, the fur. I was like drenched in sweat. And then all the pictures, <laughs> because you go fast on the zip line, were like nothing but a blur. <laughs> like, I hate it when the good idea just turns out to be a bust. I actually put a picture of me on the zip line in my Santa suit on my website, bettingthesky.com, if you can see it. And you can see why um, I had to take some other pictures because it's sort of a blur. <laughs> I guess the Santa suit in the heat on a zip line isn't as good idea as I thought. The other funny thing that happened was I, I just do so many dumb things and I never learn went to this island and I had booked one night because I like to do that sometimes the first night because you know they say things like during the high season it might be hard to get a room and here I am taking a five-hour bus ride and then a ferry and I don't want to get there and there's no rooms so I booked the hotel and I get there there's no shower I've had a lot of strange rooms but I've never had one with no shower the only thing there was for a shower there was a bathroom 
there was just a hose over the toilet. And I thought, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do with that. So I just didn't take a shower. And the next day, I immediately started looking for another hotel. And I found a nice hotel. And it had um, great snorkeling off of a rocky beach. And I could tell from the map that there were lots of nice white sand beaches. And so I was at my nice, now nice hotel. It wasn't even that much more than the one without a shower. And I... I decide, well, you know what? I should start walking down the beach and I'll probably hit one of those nice white sand beaches. I can, you know, lay out and then swim and then I'll just go back out to the road and take a taxi back to my hotel. I thought it'd be kind of a fun little adventure. And I started off and it's walking around the rocks and it was really pleasant. And then I was kind of scrambling all around rocks, but it was nice because there were a lot of handholds and things. And here I'm wearing a dress, like a sundress and I have my beach bag <laughs> and I'm scrambling around rocks and I do it for a while. And now it's like 30 minutes and I'm still scrambling around rocks. And I keep thinking there'll be a sandy beach just like right around the corner. It's got to be here soon. You know, no one but me and scrambling on the rocks in my sundress. At one point, I'm now sweating, and I take the sundress off and put it in the bags, and I'm just in my bathing suit and scrambling around the rocks. And it starts, it, now it's been like, gosh, an hour and a half, and I'm thinking, I can't believe this island is even that big. I gotta hit one of these white sand beaches here soon. So it starts to rain. Now the rocks are wet. And I know I can't, I don't want to go up the hour and a half back where I was having trouble on dry rock scrambling. I thought, I'm a, I get these, I, uh, I'm a little dramatic and I get, had these visions in my head, you know, like that movie that's out now where the guy got stuck and had to cut his arm off. <laughs> I'm like, no one is going to know where I am. I'm going to get stuck. I'm going to slide down into the cliff. Um, and I think, okay, I'm just going to keep going. And it was really hard and I was really having to use every muscle I had to, to stay on those wet, slippery rocks. And I'm thinking, just around the next corner, just around the next corner. Now I don't even care about any white sand beach. I just want to get to a place where I can get back to the road and take a taxi back to my hotel. Only thing I don't want to do is try to scramble all the way an hour and a half back to my hotel along the wet rocks. So I keep going and keep going. I'm getting a little like, oh my gosh, what have I done? I can't believe it. And I see ahead a swing. And I think, oh my gosh, if there's a swing, there's a house. If there's a house, there's a way to the road. It's like, I'm saved. If I can just get to the swing, if I can just get to the swing. It takes me another like 15 minutes of really like hardcore rock climbing on wet rocks. I get to the swing. There's a path. There's steps. There's a house. And I'm like, hallelujah, I made it. I didn't have to cut my arm off. <laughs> Nobody had to come searching for me. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. You know, just get out to the road. I don't even care if I have to walk back down the road, as long as I don't have to go back on the rocks. So there's nobody at the house, like vacation home. So I, I get up, there's the road, and I start walking out to the road, and there's a fence, a fence with barbed wire and a padlock to keep the people out of their nice home. <laughs> Their nice beachfront home, but I am on the inside. Like, how am I? <laughs> I just want to get to the road and the thought of going back out to the rocks. Basically, I was almost ready to cry at this point. I'm drenched. <laughs> I'm like exhausted, hot, and drenched at the same time. And I see down the road a guy and a girl on a, a um, motorcycle, and I wave them down and I wave them down. I'm like, can you help me? I just, I 
I was stuck on the rocks. It's now raining and I just need to get out. And the girl stayed on, I must've looked scary. And the girl stayed on her motorcycle and the guy comes up to me and he's like, uh, well, what are you doing in there? And I said, like I said, I was on the rocks and I saw a house. I just wanted to get to the road. You know, I don't want to have to go back out on the rocks. And he's like, um, this looks like a private residence. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a private residence. I'm just trying to, get, I'm not trying to steal anything. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out. <laughs> and I guess he decided I didn't look like a cat burglar, especially since I wasn't taking anything. <laughs> you know in my bathing suit so he helped me I like threw my bag over he caught it he helped me like maneuver around the barbed wire which wasn't easy and he helped me get down on the other side and I made it out to the road and there was a restaurant it actually wasn't the best part of the island and there was a local restaurant a local girl ran it was like a bar counter and I walked up and I think she was thinking what happened to you (laughs) I was all dirty, wet, and I told her what happened. She's kind of laughing at the gringo, you know, getting stuck on the rocks, and we ended up having dinner, and I had a great conversation with her, but you know, man, I just get myself in these pickles, you know? I just never learn, never learn. I hear her being free, and all that she could be. Baby likes to watch the city, wake up and the city says, hey. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope my delay in getting a new podcast out hasn't inconvenienced you too greatly. And I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. Bye.